I am joined today with Steve Georgie. Steve, how are you doing today? <laughs> Not bad, Mike. Thanks for having me on today. Appreciate it. Not a problem. So last week, we talked to Paul Georgie, uh, the original Georgie to the Allen Down Foundation. And now we are <laughs> coming here with the next generation. And Steve, tell me a little bit about how Allendale, you first were introduced to it when you were a child. Paint us a picture yeah. of what it used to be like here. You know, it, it was it was amazing uh, growing up and kind of seeing what was being built. Uh, and then it kind of weird in the same token of, of now being part of it, you know, and, and very honored to, to be that. Um, but growing up, it was interesting from the start of, of when really things had gotten started. I remember riding big wheels in the basement of a grain elevator, which once became or which then became Allendale as we were kind of uh, as the construction process had gone and, you know, certainly being young, you know, but not only that, some of the other ex- experiences that I've had is just, just about every Saturday morning, if I wasn't going to hockey practice, I was coming here to, uh, coming to the office with my dad in order to, uh, to fold envelopes. My brother, my sister and I, we ended up sitting in a conference room, uh, and, and stuffing envelopes, which was our Allendale advisory service at the time which we now, I mean, we continue with that here today. It's just on a different platform. And so things like that have changed. But mm-hmm. some of my favorite memories were, were doing that. I probably was complaining at the time. Most likely. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, was, it was one of those where uh, the payments were donuts. That's all we needed is just get us some donuts and let us fold some envelopes. And it was, uh, it was neat to look back to, to understand what we were doing. Uh, and at the time, I didn't understand it. But I look back now thinking... Man, that was great. I was I was a part of it then and didn't even realize it, you know. But now moving forward into into where we are now and and the the technology change and how things have have progressed since then has been absolutely amazing. And so, you know, being part of that. But some of my early memories uh, of of you know jumping around the the office and and doing dumb things. Well, now I. <laughs> I yell at guys for doing that, so it's kind of, a, kind of a weird feeling, but, you know, but it is kind of neat on the same token that I was able to experience that, uh, and certainly being part of it, not knowing what I was, may end up being, always kind of thought that I would, um, but it's, uh, it's truly a blessing and, and really amazing that I was able to, to experience those types of things. Definitely. Yeah, when you were a kid doing... Yeah. shoving stuff in envelopes and stuff were you ever thinking wow when i grow up i want to be a commodity broker that, that was little steve georgie <laughs> you know what it, it really i didn't even know what i didn't even know what he did half the time to be quite honest you know it was one of those you hear government reports at one time thinking man my dad works for the government <laughs> you know and, and because you didn't really you didn't really know but things change so fast you know and and looking back and some of the understanding i probably had a little better understanding you know than some uh but you know it was always you never really knew, mm-hmm. you know, but of course now getting into it, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty fast paced thing and, and, uh, certainly had to have been pretty scary thinking back how it all started, uh, and, and starting your own business back then. And, and some of the, the hurdles that had to be overcome, mm-hmm. I get those. I understand it now. Uh, you know, I was just a kid then, but, you know, very grateful to be part of that and, and to have the experiences Maybe even just back in my mind, but um, still using some of those experiences today. Yeah. And what was it during your transfer from childhood to adulthood? What happened in that college time frame yeah. that helped prepare you for your 
position here now being president. What, what do you say was your building blocks to being here? You know, I, I went to school for advertising. Okay. So I didn't have, I had uh, some marketing classes I had gone to, things like that that were great. Um, but I, I majored in advertising uh, out of Bradley University. And uh, it was something where I ended up, I needed to, you know, before I could even start this job or even think that I was going to go work for my dad, uh, something that that he made very clear is you need to go off, you need to go on your own. You need to try to get yourself a job. Mm-hmm. You need to work. Uh, I did an internship at Walt Disney World, uh, which really kind of changed my pers- perspective here on just getting a job. You know, you, you get into college and you just kind of go through the motions a little. Then it's time to get serious. And I had done an internship at Disney, which was great. I interviewed for a lot of different companies. Uh, and very first question is, what'd you do at Disney? How'd you do it? What'd you do? I was a janitor. I was a custodial host. I picked up garbage. Uh, but I also learned a lot mm-hmm. as far as the marketing end, what they did as far as their advertising uh, and how they uh, how they moved internally without a, through their company. And that really kind of propelled me into getting into more of a, not so much a sales role, but that was the job that I had taken, I had took out of college uh, as I worked at CDW uh, for almost five years. So I sold computer technology uh, to, more, to government entities, and um, really it was a, an eye-opening experience being on the phone, working with customers, trying to not so much being a salesperson, but more of a customer relations uh, type feel where you know, you're there for them. You're trying to, trying to benefit what they're doing. You have one goal together and trying to achieve something and accomplish something together. That's exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we now transition into here. And so I ended up leaving CDW, and my father asked me, he goes, hey, I've, I've got, got an opportunity for you. And he goes, it's going to be the hardest thing that, you've, that you're ever going to experience. The hardest thing that you're going to do, it could be the best thing you ever do as well. Well, I ended up taking his offer, and I'm very grateful that I have. And, you know, it's something where... You know, you look at it, and you, I, I honestly couldn't have a better teacher in any other industry. To sit down next to your dad, a lot of people say they can't do it. Um, I, I went through some tough times. There were times that he'd reach across the desk to turn, just to put the phone down and ask, what, what kind of conversation is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, okay, great. But those types of experiences really helped me uh, to become, you know, where I've gotten and, and to get where I am today. And, uh, but a lot of leadership things. You can't just sit there and train a lot of that. I've, I've seen that uh, through just my experiences growing up in this business, how my dad has done things uh, and the leadership roles that he has had. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I look at him as in this industry as a, as a leader and, and how he's built it. And I just hope that I can, I can be part of that and at least be half of what he is right now and, and certainly uh, continue with the name that he has started and, uh, and really continue to move forward. Yeah, so something your dad brought up was his great story about how he went to his workshop and they said, look around, a lot of people aren't going to be interviewed yep. and so on and so forth. It, was there any stories like that for you or is it just seeing your dad and not wanting to be the one that's not able to pick up the pieces from where he's left off. Where's, what's that for you? Well, you know, I, I think the, 
you know, it's different from starting a company, mm-hmm. from where I am today trying to keep a company and trying to make it and grow it and, and to to take what was already made and kind of form that into what's happening today. Mm-hmm. Because that's how the industry was back then. You look at the way things have changed and the way the industry is, the industry has changed as well. We need to be able to change with that too. You know, and so back then when he's starting the company and what he had gone through in order to do that, I am very fortunate that I don't have to start like that. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm taking something that he has already worked for and has done and has built and has and has made, and now I need to find a way to make sure that it stays that way. How do we grow from this point? And what kind of what kind of situation are we in? Because obviously it's different. So when you look at what kind of uh, technology, how does technology shift? Uh, what kind of situation are we in right now as far as a marketplace? Um, I need to be able to take those types of things and now build off of that. And so it's a little different. Uh, I don't have a story like that. You know, uh, the harder you work, the better, the more you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lead by example. What I can say, though, is that in this situation, seeing what he has done, understanding how he has built it, uh, has helped me make some decisions and continue to make decisions that keeps us on that right track with the same morals and the same building blocks that were then that I get to use now. And so it is, I'm thankful that that's the case, but, um, you know, it is something, though, that is very hard, too, because you never want to let them down. You never want to see something that doesn't work or maybe I didn't do a good enough job. That extra stress sits on me. Mm -hmm. But it is something that I took the the reins here and, and certainly uh, him helping me out still trying to understand as long as we have a good core, we've got good building blocks from things that they have already had in place, we now can take this and continue uh, changing, changing roles, changing management, changing whatever it is, because those types of things don't change. Mm-hmm. And how was that transfer of the reins? I know giving up something like building your own company, it's, it's mm-hmm. like handing over your baby. And luckily, he's handing his baby over to one of his child, yeah. children. And that it, it probably makes it a little bit easier, but it, it's still got to be a hard thing to step aside from yeah. after building such a great company. You know, it, it's it's not, when you say it's easy, it's not easy. It's not easy by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's family, I think it even puts a, a little bit harder twist on that. Right. Because it's an emotional side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the expectations, hey, I expect this to happen. Or if the markets aren't doing something, or if we see numbers that aren't there, or if we see something that weight becomes even heavier because it's family. Why aren't you doing this? Sometimes it might be easier to say that to family or to be harder on family than it would be somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know, but it is also something that going into it, learning that you can look at it as being harder or you look at it as, Hey, we're doing this. We're doing this together. Uh, And the transition, I understand. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what it's like in order to just kind of hand things over and try to find something else. My father's been doing this for most of his life. And so when you look at that, making a transition like that, you want it to be as smooth as you can. You want it to be and, and understand some of the pains he might be going through while making the transition and excited for a new opportunity. I'm excited for a new opportunity. I'm excited for what we're doing. I have that excitement, but I also need to understand 
in that point where he's at uh, in order to make a transition. It's got to be extremely hard. Mm -hmm. uh, and we try to do that in, in the best way that we can. And so it's not easy. Uh, family, family business like this is, is tough, um, but it's also exciting. It's great because you are doing it together. You're doing it for that purpose, that purpose of not only the family, but the family that our building has become. Mm -hmm. So the people that are in here, all of the families that that now holds and everybody that works for us. Uh, I've said it before in other interviews, and, and I, I, I say it again, that you know anyone that comes to work for us and, and to be a part of what it is, uh, it's been said that we're a family business, but our family goes a lot bigger than just our, our own immediate family. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, it, it's a lot of emotion. And uh, as I said, it's also a lot of excitement, too, uh, in, in ways that we are doing it and, and making the transition and uh, really excited about the, the outcome that it could be. So Definitely. Yeah. I mean, being here in Allendale, you definitely have that feel that we're all in this together. We're a family. And, uh, mm -hmm. It's something that we don't only do with the main office here, but also our branch offices. We're all yep. constantly contacting them, Flocker calling in, where did you get that story, yada, 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 trying to help each other out. How, is, how have you been able to build such a great dynamic between all the offices and mm -hmm. keep growing that way as well? You know, it, it's the, the sense of feeling of, of togetherness. You mm -hmm. know, uh, being in a branch office or being outside of our walls has to be very hard. Mm -hmm. You know, we come in here and we sit in front of a, you know, we've, we've got a whole group uh, where we can hear people on the phone and hear things and hear ideas uh, and hear news stories and be able to to push that type of media, um, it's got to be hard outside of our walls. And we understand how hard that, that is. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at that and you have that understanding that sitting out there by yourself trying to do this, how can we bring them in? How do we get them to feel like they're inside our walls? And as you mentioned, with our instant messenger that we use, it's called Flock. Um, and it's, it's a way that, that we move information. If someone has an idea, it gets put out on that. So it brings them into the office. The way that, that we send out our research stuff constantly throughout the day uh, in order to, to bring them into our office. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the phone calls, the friendliness, the touch, to be able to sit there and to get them uh, on the phone uh, to find out if there are any issues. Because that's the other thing. When you're sitting outside of these walls and you're sitting in an office, it's very hard. If you have a problem, sometimes it's easy to make that fester. Yeah. So the more you can communicate, the better the feeling is going to be in order to bring everyone together. Mm -hmm. And that is the, that's the strength that we have. That's what we look at doing. And that's really the core that we try to keep here at Allendale. And that is a vision that we've had. And that's a vision that's not going away. So that's how we treat people. And that's the way things are going to be. So a little something I want to touch base on is we, we talked about your dad's vision for the future. Mm -hmm. What's your vision for the future? What are you looking for for the next big project in the year, 10 years? What are you looking for Allendale to become from here now that the reins are in your hands? You know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we, we work in an, in an industry where it's, it's very can be very selfish. Mm -hmm. One firm versus another firm versus an industry versus CME group versus whomever. But when you look at the possibilities that we have, we are all in this together. So when we look at what kind of a vision do we have, how do we bring more people into our mold and, and our beliefs mm -hmm. and our values that we have in this industry? How can we get others to be part of us? Much like we talk about these 
uh, other branch offices that we have? How do we continue to grow with the relationships that are out there? That's what it becomes. How do we take this to more of a relationship, uh, kind of a, a, a firm? Mm-hmm. Let's bring other people in. And I feel that we can do that. Whether or not they have to be part of what we do, but in order to move information, talking to other people, having uh, having more of an open plate within the industry, is not a, that's not a bad thing. Uh, and so what we do, though, is service. Mm-hmm. We service our customers. We service our branch offices. We service anybody uh, in the way that we know how, uh, as well as we can do it. And so by just encompassing that and taking this and moving forward with service, that's really what our industry is. We help farmers. Mm-hmm. We help our other industry people. Can we help seed dealers? Can we help the banker? Can we help whatever? How can we expand into that realm with what we currently have? And so that vision over the next five to 10 years really has become, uh, can we do this all together? Because really in what we do, not only do you need a good broker, Mm -hmm. you need a good banker, you need to have your insurance guy on your side, you need to have your seed rep, you need to have, and, and what we're doing is that really as these markets become more volatile and what we see, uh, really the industry is becoming smaller. News moves faster. And so everybody has a bigger role within that in that market. Mm-hmm. Farmers are getting older, right? So what is happening? Either they're giving it to their family, uh, you know, they're rolling it into more family, or it's becoming more corporate, more corporations. And so... The actually farm size has been getting bigger while the farmers are getting a little bit older. So how do we get involved with more of that? It's going to be more of an aspect that's not just ourselves and being selfish. We need to get everybody and tie everybody together and really do this thing as, as a group versus an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's going to help out more as well with having everyone on the same game plan. We've talked about with times like this recently when we have – Prices sliding back, and you have the banker saying mm-hmm. one thing, your broker saying another. You really, yep. really need everyone on the same page, especially with the dwindling size of small farmers. If you yep. have small farmers fighting between everyone, it's, it's going to be a mess. So it is, and we've seen it before, and it's that's what causes a lot of this rift between industries, whether mm-hmm. or not it's the you know the, the broker, the banker, the whatever else it is. Uh, we need to all be doing this together and have one one goal in mind here when we do stuff. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of this rift in industries and causes because of what's been happening recently, like this China trade deal, everything, what are you looking forward to going forward? What's this year looking like for you, and what's some things we should be looking out for? Sure. You know, when you, you really look at how we've set up this year already, right, we're only a few months in, but when you look at what we've done here currently, and you look at the way that... Uh, the markets have done things very counter-seasonal. Uh, we've seen lighter volume uh, up until today, uh, but we've also seen a lot of this influence here with more of a global-type trade. So as we move forward, what are some things, uh, and I guess my vision here for this year, I think we can see volatility pick up. I think when you look at what's happened here and you look at what the funds, right, not only just trading funds that are record short, uh, or it might be short for, uh, for for Kansas City wheat. They were record short. We were almost record short for corn. We had a record long position in cattle. We had a lot of this 
the markets kind of expand and push to areas where we fundamentally really shouldn't be. But that's also because we really don't have a good grasp on, on where, we, where we're at as far as global trade. This deal with China needs to get done. We need to figure out where this is at. We need to get this deal done in order to really uh, find out what's next. You know, there's been a few numbers that have been thrown out in this whole China talk. $30 billion worth of agricultural products. I don't even know what that means. I don't know how that gets broken up. All I know is that it sounds really good. Mm-hmm. But I think the markets are getting tired of just hearing, hey, things are, things, things are going to happen or that there's positive talk. It's almost that show me the money type mentality where it's show me something gets done. Mm-hmm. What does that mean is $30 billion? Or as you had Sonny Purdue, Purdue talk here a couple of weeks ago that we were going to get an additional 10 million metric tons of soybeans. We still haven't really fulfilled the first 10 million metric tons. So let's talk about a second million metric tons. The markets kind of shook that off because we need to see it happen. So I feel that we are going to get something done at some point. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to bring volatility back in. And the other thing that we need to look for this year is what's going to happen if we see participation from not only just the trading funds, but what happens if the index funds start coming into this market? The index funds are more of your bank funds. So they can only go long a market, but that's your Goldman Sachs, UBS, uh, and several others, uh, just your more of your bank money. 2014, they came in basically saying, hey, guess what? We're getting out of this industry. We don't need to be in this industry. Uh, we're going to start limiting our, limiting our exposure. And they did. But is this something that now we look at a stock market that has ballooned? We're going to be going into an election year next year. And are we going to see this shift more from Wall Street back to Main Street? Is it going to come back into commodities? And can we see some exposure again from some of this outside money? And I feel like we could see that here as we uh, get going here this year. As long as we get a trade deal done, that makes commodities more enticing. Mm -hmm. And can we see some of this benefit, finally, the farmer, and get more on the, the agricultural side because these markets are depressed. And so we may ex- we've just extended ourselves to the downside. Can we see us start shifting and maybe even extend ourselves a little bit to the upside here as we go through this year? And we'll see how that all looks too. But I think this volatility is what we can look for going through this year. I think this volatility would be here to stick, uh, at least stick around. Awesome, awesome. So we discussed family and how it's made this business better and how we've grown into this family type mentality. You've talked about your dad. Someone we haven't talked about who we're going to be talking about, talking with probably next week is your brother, John, your, mm-hmm. your VP, your uh, right-hand man right now. Yeah. What's it like having your brother to lean on here? You know, it's been a family a family business, and it's great. Um, you know, he's he's done a great job, and, and, you know, it's something where, you know, as I mentioned, once you bring in family, you get emotions, right? And you get a lot of emotions that get brought into it. You know, I'm excited that I get to share that with him. Um, you know, and it is something, though, that he wears a lot of different hats that I don't have to. So he's taken some stress off of me in order to make some of these decisions. And it is kind of neat. My brother and I have gotten along uh, really well here growing up. Of course, you have your spats, right? Right. We've had our fights, and those are some pretty neat stories. But uh, <laughs> but you know what? When you, when you look at it and get to come in and, and sit down, not only with your dad, but your brother still here, uh, you know, and it's, it's something that, uh, that is a, is a great feeling and, and great as well. 
and not only just sitting with my brother, I get to sit with my brother-in-law. Right. So <laughs> Jeremy uh, and, and Jeremy is a, a just a, a, you know, a great piece to the pie here as well. And such a, uh, you know, such a great, uh, great addition to our team several years ago. And you talk about being a right hand man. I mean, he is he's in it. He handles all of our stuff with it. Really, people don't want to the margin calls mm-hmm. and more of the compliance side and things like that. You know, whereas, uh, you know, my brother, uh, John, ends up. Uh, doing a lot of the books and stuff, which allows me now to do uh, and run more of the brokerage stuff and really kind of do that. So when we take that weight and we separate that weight, that weight gets uh, redistributed very evenly. uh, And it helps out and it helps out making a lot of decisions, you know, as we continue to grow and get bigger, Mm -hmm. we need to have those pieces of the pie too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's great that you brought up Jeremy. He does do a great job here and that's actually someone we're also going to talk to in the near future because compliance, it's the side that no one, like you said, no one really likes. No one likes getting those margin calls. And he, oh, man. He's doing a great job making sure that yeah everyone's on the same page. He explains it well and everything. And also when it comes to cybersecurity and stuff, he, he's on top yep. of the game there. He know. does. But, you know, my, my brother has been also helping out more with, with some of these branch offices uh, and really diving into that side of things uh, mm-hmm. as well. Jeremy does a fantastic side uh, compliance, uh, handling all the compliance, making sure the margin calls are met, which lately has been tough uh, and really kind of taken on that role. But, you know, John's other side here that we haven't talked about is more of bringing in other offices and firms uh, and really kind of uh, helping grow uh, Allendale Risk Management, which is more of our brokerage side of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's done a fantastic job doing that as well. So it truly is a great team. I am extremely blessed uh, to be doing this with family. Um, I, I don't think there's there's anybody else I'd love to do that with. And, and that's where we look at the just the excitement we have moving forward and just knowing that, hey, not only are we doing this together, but we have each other's backs. And that's where uh, those relationships really uh, are helping out. Yes, can they hurt in some instances? Yes, but that's not this. And this has been uh, been a great road, and I really look forward to uh, to what's coming ahead. Awesome. Yeah, it should be interesting. Like you said, it should be interesting this year with Alton and everything, and yep. keeping all this together and uh, seeing what this year has in store. But thank yep. you very much for coming on the show today and yeah. uh, talking with us. I know the viewers are going to be more than happy to hear from the president of Allendale. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for having me on. I greatly appreciate you doing this as well. Not a problem. And something else we're going to be doing tomorrow, just for our listeners to keep them in check. We're not doing one this week. We're doing two. We'll be interviewing Rich Nelson after our acreage survey is released tomorrow. Uh, Get some more insight on what's going on there. Uh, So something to stay in contact with this week. So usually I sign off by saying I'll see you guys next week, but hope to talk to you guys tomorrow. This is Mike Long with Allendale Market Talk. Sign off for today.